You should feel frisky. <laughs> okay, ready? Yeah, wait, are you opening or am I? I am opening. Okay. I'm shook! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the one, the only, the Holly Shook Podcast. It's me, Ryan. Remember me? I don't. I only remember the shell of the human that I've become over these past few months. Ego death? Ryan, are you experiencing some ego death? You can't talk until I introduce you. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm I'm also not a person until you introduce me. I don't know who I am or where I am until you introduce me. Jeez Louise, we take like a month off and you forget how this works. (laughs) Well, the surprise has been ruined, but here we are. I am here once again with, can you guess who it is? It's Armin. Hey, Armin. One day after our falling out, you're going to introduce someone that's not me. And that will be a surprise. So it's always a pleasure to be on with you, Ray. That will be a pleasant surprise to the viewers, I'm sure. The viewers, the listeners. Um, no, we are back. We're so excited to be back. We um, have been really busy quarantining and also busy grappling with the world around us. Um, obviously, as I'm sure everyone who's listening knows, there's been a lot of turmoil and change and passion going on in our um, country of America. I know that some people who listen don't live in America, but we unfortunately do live here. And Famously have an international audience. So Yes, as we are one of the biggest international podcasts on the planet. Um, Shout out to our Aussie fans. We have a lot of them in Australia. Yeah, Specifically Aussies. Um, It's like Australia and Sweden. Really? Yeah. That's so random. Well, I hope you guys are throwing a shrimp on the Barbie as you listen to this. And I just lost all of our Australian listeners with that. I'm so sorry. Um, But for for real, we've been on hiatus just because there's been a lot. I mean, I don't know if we say more important than what we talk about on here, but. There's hardly more important things than celebrities. Right. And as you guys know that this podcast is kind of like breaking news, kind of like only reports on the most hard hitting kind of like politically influential stories that happen. So since pretty much nothing important was going on in the world the past yep. month, we kind of were like, well, we don't really have much to say. And pretty much since celebrities haven't stepped up um, since the Imagine video, which was huge. Oh my God, I missed that. I don't think um, there's been anything uh, more productive in terms of coronavirus relief than the Imagine video. Um, so since, you know, nothing's happened since then, we were like, what is there to podcast about? Where, where is the relief coming from celebrities who are modern day superheroes? I'd say one would say, one would say, one would say, some would say, um, but we are back and we're excited to continue kind of opening everyone's eyes to what's really going on in this world. And, um, hopefully you guys are excited to have us back. In all seriousness, we hope that you guys were listening and learning about what's happening in our country 
just as much as Armin and I were. And we have a fun, kind of exciting, I'm excited, um, announcement. Um, Armin, if maybe you want to explain that, you're kind of like the logistics of this podcast. As you guys know, I literally show up half drunk and speak into a microphone. I don't really do much else. But um, we do have a fun excitement, exciting, look, I'm drunk. (laughs) I'm not even. I've had a sip of a drink that Armin forced me to make. I wasn't going to drink tonight. He's like, you better make a cocktail. I was like, oh my God, okay. So I've had one set, I'm wasted. Oh, I'm so influential, Rye. Um, <laughs> I guess you could call me the logistics guy of the podcast. Yeah. Rye, since we enjoy doing this so much, and since we know how important this podcast is, right? famously, so important, so influential, so groundbreaking, so global, um, oh. we thought, while we also enjoy doing this, we would also like to use this platform that we have quote unquote even if it is a small one relative to others right we're still a growing podcast we're still a young podcast um we're small but but mighty and our listeners are passionate as all hell yeah shout out to you guys shout out to you guys because we do have a dedicated audience and we love you guys and uh we like to think of this as a collective of of people who enjoy the podcast who do the podcast. Um, we get suggestions all the time on like historic scandals to cover. And we always, you know, love that input and take it, take it into account. But if we really want to be a collective, we thought let's act as one too. And since we have exclusive podcasts that are behind a paywall, as y'all know, most of our podcasts are for free on the feed like this one. Um, but we do a couple exclusive podcasts for people on Patreon because we do have listeners who support us there, support what we do. We thought, why not take 20% of what we make on Patreon going forward and donate that on a month-to-month basis, decided also by the community of Patreon supporters. So just so you all know, going forward, if you decide to support us on Patreon, you'll not only be getting the exclusive podcast, but every month, we're going to put up to a vote where the donation will go. So it's, we're not going to be dictators. We're not going to dictate where the donation is going. Uh, we want to collectively decide, okay, where do we want to uh, donate, um, which cause we want to support uh, for that month going forward. Um, we feel like this could be a good way to raise awareness for, for varying causes, but also contribute in some small way. Yeah, and full disclosure, um, I did want to be a dictator about this. <laughs> Um, I was really not on board about having anyone, letting anyone else have a say in pretty much anything, but I, sometimes people change and I've, I've actually learned recently that dictatorship is, um, is actually not good. So, you know, that just goes to show that people do learn and grow as I did, um, in the past couple of weeks, specifically in terms of my opinions on dictatorships formerly an authoritarian but you've been awakened to direct democracy and we love yeah. that for you right yeah so point being um shout out to all of our patreon supporters already if you guys are interested in supporting us on patreon getting those exclusive podcasts twice a month i think twice a month yeah once again not the logistics guy here and um we also are going to do some other fun things on our Patreon in terms of some more opinion stuff. Like, 
you know, maybe one day I'll be like, I don't want to do any of the work. You guys tell me what scandal to fucking cover this week because I'm lazy and I'll let you guys choose. So if you guys are interested in supporting us and part of that money supporting a charity or a organization every month, you can um, sign up on our website, which is Armen. <laughs> Patreon.com backslash Holly Shook. Patreon.com backslash Holly Shook. Um, I believe it is a $5 per month. You could yeah, give more if you like, if you really, you know, like authoritarians like Ryan. Yeah. Um, support him. Right. Or if you're the richest person in the world, you could do $6 a month. Um, that'd be great. <laughs> and um, yeah, you can do that. And we would appreciate it. And we're excited to implement this change and build a little community, even more so than we already have. And anyway, that's all the boring shit. That wasn't boring. It was, was like a little logistical, which is a little boring, and that's why I do it. Right. Yeah. I want Armin to be the most hated host of the two of us. So anytime there's a boring thing to talk about, I make Armin do it, because then people will be like, ugh, Armin's so boring. (laughs) You are vying for the most beloved co-host on this uh, podcast award, which is Mm -hmm. going to be actually announced at the end of this year. new award. Okay, yeah. New award show. New award show. That's it's one award, but most beloved. Most beloved. Um and we'll maybe maybe we'll let people vote on the Patreon for no. who is the most beloved co-host and there's actually going to be only one option and it's going to be me. No, I literally I was going to say this is going to be a moment of direct democracy. Uh yeah. the fans will get to vote. Um I hope I get one vote. I don't expect to even get one vote, but that would be nice, people. Dream big, Armin. You know what? Dream big everyone. Um all right, let's get into this freaking drama. There's, there's, we have it all this week. We really do. We do. And speaking of dreaming big, uh oh, Lori Laughlin dreamt big. Uh, she did not achieve those dreams, unfortunately. Um, her <laughs> dreams of uh, committing fraud and getting away with it. Right. We may have the end of the college admission scandal. Can you believe it? We thought this would actually go on forever. I I think we predicted that it would go on forever. Um, and as people who are rarely wrong in our predictions, I'm actually quite annoyed at this. Yeah, that is disappointing because I think we were batting a thousand up until now, and now mm-hmm. we're wrong. Mm-hmm. So that sucks. Um, but again, Lori Laughlin dreamt big, uh, thought she could get away with fraud. Uh, even when she got caught, she thought she could get away with it. But... As we talked about on, I think, the last podcast we did, the motion to dismiss the case was denied. So I think Lori Laughlin, you know, she kind of saw the writing on the wall. And uh, she decided, along with her husband, Mosimo Gianelli, to plead guilty. And uh, they have agreed to serve two months. Well, sorry, actually, Lori Laughlin will be serving two months in prison. And Mosimo has agreed to serve five months as a part of their uh, deal to plead uh, guilty. So they will not be going to trial in October as previously planned. Rai, what is your immediate reaction to this month's old news? My immediate reaction to news that broke almost a full month ago is wowzers. I Two months and five months is... I mean, we were predicting years, if not decades. I mean... Some would have even argued millenniums of present time for these people. And we had the Felicity Huffman 
what was it, thirteen day sentence that went ended up being eleven or some shit. She's looking like the victor here. I mean, she was always looking like the victor. Let's be real. Um, well, right. There was a brief moment you questioned Felicity. Do you want me yeah. to remind you, Rye? I don't want to say you were wrong twice, but I may have to come out and say it. You were I saying mean, that maybe Felicity effed up by, you know, jumping the gun on that plea deal and that Lori Laughlin was going about it the right way because there was a minute there where it kind of looked like Lori Laughlin was going to get away with it. Didn't happen. Right, but it didn't happen. Right. Is the, is the end all tell all of importance here. I'm happy that they had to plead guilty because that was like, to me, the most annoying part was their, them like playing dumb of being like, we thought it was legitimate donations. <laughs> I was like over that. Um, I do think they still like got off a little easy in terms of, I feel like they should have like gotten a harsher punishment just for the pure fact that they were being so stubborn and difficult. Right. The because, famous fel- right. the stubbornness felony. Right. No, that's actually, in case you guys didn't know how um, the court of law works, is actually the more stubborn you are, the actual more punishment you get. Didn't they catch so, Al Capone for being stubborn? Well, Al Capone was not very stubborn. He was actually really easygoing. Um, as someone who knew him personally... And I don't know. Those are my reactions. What are yours? I I kind of felt like this was inevitable. The The fact that they were dragging it out was insane to me. Yeah. How do you risk going to prison for like 40 to 60 years? That was the potential prison sentence for all the charges that the, that the federal prosecutors ultimately tacked on. Because they were initially hit with a few charges. I want to say it was mail and wire fraud. But then... Because of Lori's stubbornness, right, she got hit with the stubborn penalty, a.k.a. money laundering charges. So they were looking at decades in prison, as you alluded to earlier, and I thought, why? Why risk it? Go to Club Fed, work on your tennis, and go home early like uh, Felicity Huffman did. And now, apparently, because of coronavirus and because Attorney General uh, Bill Barr is wanting uh, as many uh, sentences to be done at home as possible because of potential COVID outbreaks in prisons, it's looking like they could serve this sentence with a, a home confinement. We'll see. Oh, my God. Bitch, we're all serving a sentence at home right now. Like, are you serious? I'm over that. No. <laughs> so maybe, maybe Lori wins in the end. Maybe actually Felicity messed up. Should have dragged it out. All right. Well, too little, too late. Okay. <laughs> she could have done better. Um, I'm dying at them serving their sentence at home. I hate that. I literally am angry and upset. And we'll see. That's not set in stone. We'll see. Okay. So it's not the end of the college admission scandal. <sighs> I guess not. This thing is never going to end, Rye. Oh, my God. We were blessed. I mean, this podcast would have been kaput months ago without this thing. I think dead in the water if it wasn't for the college admission scandal. I mean, it's really buoyed the the podcast. Um, but it's worth mentioning that in addition to uh, serving two to five months wherever they serve it, uh, they will also be paying a uh, $250,000 fine. That's for Mosimo. Uh, Lori will be paying a $150,000 fine. So together, they'll be paying... $400,000 in fines and a combined 350 hours in community 
service. So they really got hit hard because if I remember correctly, Felicity Felicity had like a $30,000 fine and I want to say 30 hours of community service. Yeah, but like the fucking community service is going to be like attend a Zoom class mm-hmm. for 300 hours, which like honestly sounds terrible, but like with their fucking luck, it's going to be like an online like Zoom community service. How do you how are you servicing the community by going on a Zoom call? I don't know, bitch. They'll figure out a way. They figured out a way how to do all this other shit without a problem. So they should at least be doing trash pickup in Bel Air. Is there even trash in Bel Air? They're the fucking biggest pieces of trash in Bel Air. I think it's them kicking themselves out of Bel Air is a part of the trash pickup. Which, like, kind of funnily enough, speaking of kicking themselves out of things in Bel Air. This just a little side tangent on this scandal. The biggest effect of this drama is the fact that Lori Laughlin and Mosimo Jean-Louis <laughs> Country Club is upset at them for all of the drama. And where is the have. where is the country club? The Bel Air Country Club. The B A C C if it would be known. Um Bach. The Bach. I actually did work as a lifeguard at my hometown's community or country club for two summers. I fucking love country clubs. I will never belong to one, but like I will work for one forever. They give you so much free food. Anyway, just like a little glimpse into my life. Some of these country clubs, Rye, they have like a hundred thousand dollar a month membership fees. Well, you can not join for four months and pay off their fucking fines. (laughs) Um, so apparently they have voluntarily resigned as members. I don't know. I feel like people were like pissed at them. Um, the board of directors unanimously voted to suspend their membership. So it was kind of just like a, we don't want you here anymore. They did say that they would allow them to join back after they serve their time. But then one of the former presidents of the club wrote in a letter that this is an unprecedented board decision to allow felons to continue as members. And it causes irreparable reputational harm to the club and its members. I'm like, this is the fucking most white people shit I've ever heard of in my entire life. I'm so over this. I, I also love the idea of this former club president. So his name is Michael Gallagher. And when I think about this guy, Michael Gallagher, I'm imagining that despite what's going on in the world, a.k.a. the COVID-19 pandemic, the Black Lives Matter movement, rampant police brutality, you know, rising global tensions amongst hegemonic powers. I mean, I mean, we're seeing a lot of shit happening, right? A lot of worthwhile, important shit to be paying attention to, prioritizing. But I think about Michael Gallagher, and I imagine that this is the most important thing to him and almost the only thing to him. I don't think he even knows that any of those things are happening. No. I he don't, has he's no left, idea. I don't think he's left the gates of the Bel Air Country Club since the day he joined. I think he's like slightly aware that there's a pandemic happening, but not really. He's just like, oh, like so the flu is a little more serious this year? Okay. like He still is just living in his and gated only- community and he has like his team of live-in maids you know grocery shop for him 
he doesn't know what's happening in the real world. So for him, this is the biggest thing. Yeah, the only thing that's changed for him is his the fucking pool at the country club has been closed. And he's like, well, why? <laughs> and he just can't be bothered to figure out why, but because Lori Laughlin betrayed him by becoming a felon and being a part of his country club, um, right. he's too preoccupied to actually learn about anything that's happening. Like, that's how I think Michael Gallagher is living his life. And I, I hope yeah. that's how he's living his life. So I just, like, don't see it being any other way, honestly. It's pretty much impossible for it to happen any other way. Good so, for him, though. Good for him. I mean, he has a passion. He has a hobby, um, which is, yeah. you know, trying to bully Lori Laughlin into revoking her membership. He won. He did it. I don't know what he's going to do after this. I also feel like Lori Laughlin and Massimo, like, don't care that much about the country club. Like, they're just like, okay, like, we just, like, won't go anymore, I guess. Well, right. Do you trust sources? Do you trust sources that talk to people? Mm-hmm. You do? I don't know. Do I? <laughs> Well, historically, you, you, you've been anti-source, but you've been very pro-insider. Oh, my God. I can't remember. Cause, right. You can't you keep know, up with the, the leaker power rankings? I can't keep up because I also just don't trust anything I read anymore. That That's actually a good way to approach reading. Just don't trust anything you read. And, like, as someone who basically got all of my news and every word was textbook, from people magazine Mm -hmm. it's just been a big change for me to like not believe what they're saying anymore i'm sure it's been a life-altering world crumbling yeah so i've actually been going through a really hard time more of a hard time than anyone else but you know i'll get through it um well i'll tell you what the source um said to people oh the source spoke the source spoke oh my god that's usually what they do otherwise i don't know if you would even know if there was a source if they didn't speak Right, they kind made, of the they made, thing they do. They could have written in. Yeah, true. I think they could have zoomed it in. It was probably a Zoom. It was probably a Zoom. Uh, or Microsoft Teams. That's been um, huge lately. Okay, no. Are you micro? Are you are you on Microsoft Teams? No. What is that? I'm not. Look, I can barely do these Facetimes. Like, don't. I just figured out how to make my Facetime connect from my computer to my phone today. Yeah, like. 45 minutes ago, actually. So don't even, like, ask me about Microsoft. What is this, in 1998? 95, Windows. Um, So the source said, quote, The club has been an important part of their social life for a long time. They didn't want to resign, but also felt they didn't want to be a part of a drama and hostility. They were upset about it, but felt like they had no choice. They didn't feel welcomed. End quote. Like I said, Rye, Michael Gallagher successfully bullied Lori Laughlin and Mosimo Gianelli to resign their membership. They didn't want to. They were actually highly invested in the country club. In fact, if it weren't for the college admissions scandal, they probably would have no idea what's going on in the outside world either. True. They'd be right there with Michael Gallagher smoking cigars poolside. That's how I imagine Michael Gallagher. I'm sorry. I have a very vivid imagination of this guy. Yeah, you're like really fucking invested in Michael Gallagher. I'm like getting a little kind of weirded out. Well, okay. The one quote that makes me think, you didn't read this part of the quote, but I think it's the most instructive to Gallagher's psyche. Don't blame me. I have to. He says, quote, this matter is already well known in the golfing world, domestically and internationally. And our club has become a laughing stock. End quote. Oh my God. 
I didn't even know about the Bel Air Country Club. I mean, if you asked me if there was a country club in Bel Air, also known as Bach, I would have said, well, I assume so, but I didn't actually know that there was a country club in Bel Air. And this guy is acting like right now, in especially in these unprecedented times, people are looking at the Bel Air Country Club and going, wow, now that's a laughing stock, domestically and internationally. I mean, I know you're being sarcastic, but like, I also do believe that people who are that involved in the quote-unquote country club universe probably are taking this very seriously and judging other country clubs. Because they are also like Michael Gallagher and they have no idea what's happening in the world. Yeah, like, once again, as someone who put a lot of hard work, sweat, blood, and tears into two summers as a lifeguard at a local suburban country club. Country club people are very crazy and take it way too seriously. You have to pay to be a part of a country club and then still have to spend a minimum amount of money each month on like food and activities on top of the membership. I'm like, what are you paying for then? (laughs) right you're paying just to be able to walk through the door and then just to pay more yeah it's a wrap i'm like there's a pool okay cool but like for the amount of money you spend on your fucking country club you could have just built a pool in your backyard okay but let's be real they all have pools in their backyards already true yeah anyway so i'm sick of country clubs i'm actually triggered that this got brought up again because i'm having ptsd jk that was actually my favorite job i've ever had in my entire life well shout out to michael gallagher i mean he's the winner of the story arguably i think he won the college admission scandal he's the only winner if there was a winner so classic michael gallagher it's always the michael gallagher's that win these things by the way i feel like every like dad from the early 2000s like teen soap drama's name was michael gallagher absolutely i'm also picturing peter gallagher the dad from the oc i'm also picturing gallagher who's that you don't know gallagher the comedian ew no (laughs) as someone who wants to be a comedian i don't listen to other comedians because all of them are bad and i can't learn anything from them (laughs) you're an original right you're not influenced by any other comedy don't get it twisted. Okay, we need to move on because I'm losing my fucking mind talking about rich white people. So on to new rich white people. Um, <laughs> um, That's wait, the no, podcast, you, people. That's the podcast. It's always rich white people. I'm like, is anyone famous who's not rich and white? At least those Does are the obnoxious have- celebrities that are doing scandals and silly yeah, shit. I guess... Yeah, you really never get a scandal from someone who's not rich and white. Mm. Anyway, um, I think you have um, something to introduce here. Oh, I do. We have a... Did you see how excited I got there? Yeah, well, you turned into like a six-year-old in preschool. (laughs) That's how I get when I introduce a new segment. It was embarrassing. I know. Um, We famously introduce new segments on almost every single episode of Holly Shook. Right. For those who are listening for the first time. Um, a part of that is we want to keep you on your toes. We want to keep you guessing what's coming up next. We also don't want you to know what's a recurring segment. Some segments you'll never hear again. Some segments are recurring. This is a brand new segment. 
I'm excited to introduce this one. I could see this becoming a weekly one because it's that relevant. It's that topical. It's that sort of embedded in the zeitgeist. I'm calling this segment the shock clarify that. I hate it here. (laughs) So this is a segment where we clarify rumors about Aaliyah Shawcott's personal life. I love it. I feel like I just like, I know who she is, obviously. I feel like not enough people know who she is to have like her own segment. Are you kidding me? Aaliyah Shawcott of Arrested Development of Three Kings fame? I know. And she's also in Transparent. She's also in Search Party. She's also in a lot of other things. She has an extensive IMDb. She is super talented. I love her. I'm just saying, like, it's so random that she has her own segment. That's all I'm saying. Get ready for the shot clarify that because there are a lot of rumors swirling around about Aaliyah Shawcott that we need to be clarifying on a weekly to bi-weekly basis or maybe never again. Who knows, right? Like I said, we don't have a routine here. I know, but in like this weird way, I get this vibe that like this is going to be a weekly segment. <laughs> we'll see. Like of all segments, this is going to be the one that really latches on. We do what the fans say, too. So if the fans like the shot, clarify that it's coming back. If they don't, then democracy has spoken. Am I right? If they like it, then we better fucking alert Alias Shotcott to keep having some fucking drama every week because it also relies on her and her personal life. I trust her. So rumors were swirling that Alias Shotcott was dating Brad Pitt. Have you heard of that guy? Um, I think so. Sort of a big deal. Did a few movies back in the 90s. I feel like he's like, wants to be Michael Gallagher, um, but just hasn't really gotten to that level yet. But I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Of Mr. and Mrs. Smith fame. Who was in that with him? Um, Angelina Jolie. Remember her? She was an actress uh, back in the day. She used to act. I don't know. I, I, hmm. Aaliyah Shawcott kind of just like really monopolized my brain when it comes to celebrities. I can't really remember anyone else. I mean, Aaliyah Shawcott takes up a lot of the oxygen in the room. Um, but Angelina Jolie was an actress. Okay, heard of that. Talented. Um, this Brad Pitt guy, actually, ironically enough, didn't just star in that movie, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, with Angelina Jolie. He also was married to Angelina Jolie. I feel like that's a scandal that like, we are like legally obligated to do eventually, but I feel like neither of us like want to do it. I have thought about it multiple times, but it's so sprawling because you have to bring in Jen Aniston. It just gets so big. And then obviously the most recent developments of the Pitt Jolie drama. And if y'all don't know, there are recent fucking developments. Um, In addition to Aniston Pitt relationship, developments so that one's just so big that's like an eight-hour podcast that could be like kind of like our britney spears like multiple segments type thing right that's why i think both of us have been averse to tackling it uh maybe we have to we have to do it jointly yeah i also feel like just like my personal brand would be like i still somehow i'm able to sum it up in 45 minutes and just like leave out all of the details So maybe just like to save time, I'll just do it myself. <laughs> I may have to. I may have to swoop that one up then. It's too okay. big. We have to do it. But anyway, anyway, 
Brad Pitt divorced uh, from Angelina Jolie uh, was rumored, maybe, uh, uh, to be dating Aaliyah Shawcott, right? That's why we have Shaw clarify that, um, because photos surfaced of them together at the LA on Fire art exhibition back in November, back in November of 2019. This is pre-pandemic times. Damn, when yeah. art exhibit still existed. <laughs> um, Aaliyah Shawcott has finally addressed the rumors, so we're going to get the Shaw clarify that from Shawcott herself. She says, quote, we're not dating. We're just friends. I've gotten press, but not like that. Not so uncontrollable. She went on to say, quote, I was like, I don't believe this. All my friends were like, what's going on? And sending me photos. I just felt overwhelmed. It's that feeling of being naked in school. Like, oh my God, everyone's looking at me. End quote. Right. Reaction to the shock. Clarify that. First reaction is that, like, I've never been naked at school, so very strange metaphor to use in terms of how she was feeling. I think she meant it's that feeling of being naked in a dream. Didn't say that, so maybe she should shock clarify what the fuck <laughs> she means. That's all I'm saying. Fair enough. Um, I remember hearing about this, and I remember literally being like, what the fuck is going on in this room on this day? Like, why would they be dating? That is the most random fucking couple I've ever heard of in my entire life. Not like in a bad way. I just was like, this doesn't make sense. There's also a 25 year age difference between them. Not that that that's always bad necessarily. Right. I mean, she's in her thirties. He's in his fifties. They're both adults. Um, But I could see how that could also impact your viewing of that couple. Right. Yeah. I just like also have this weird thing of like, how do they know each other? Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, where do they meet? And, like, how do they start dating? It's just weird. I'm, like, I feel like I've spoken on it before where just, like, celebrity relationships and how celebrities know each other is so strange. And that just struck me as, like, even as friends, that strikes me as weird. It just is so random. It's, like, they're both celebrities, but I just, like, never would imagine the two of their names being used in the same sentence. You know what I feel like you're alluding to, Rye, but you're kind of dancing around it? Oh, God, what? Mansplain it to me. <laughs> Mansplaining from one man to another. Um, I feel like you're alluding to the fact that they are arguably in different strata of celebrity and maybe yeah yes maybe that's impacting your perception of it for me i'm like brad pitt even though i barely heard of him is so famous where he either has to date someone equally famous as him or someone like who's not famous at all like george clooney and his wife um what's her name amal amal she like wasn't famous i feel you know she wasn't she was a human rights attorney i believe if i remember correctly and, uh, and like, she's famous me, now, like, obviously, but she was not right. famous before. But see, like that checks out to me. I'm like, I feel like someone that famous either has to date Angelina Jolie or has to date like a human rights activist who no one knows. Like, there's no in between. And I feel like Alia Shawcott is like the epitome of in between. She is probably a B-list celebrity, right? If we still abide by the old 
hierarchy of celebrity. And we've actually talked a lot about how that structure has been basically disassembled. I mean, yeah. there's almost no such thing as an A-list celebrity in the conventional sense. The A-list celebrity used to be the Oscar award winner, the red carpet walker. But now, we've talked about this ad nauseum, so it's not worth diving deep into again, especially right now. It's not really what we're talking about, but celebrities come in so many different forms. Now it is the YouTube star. It is the TikTok star now, right? And some of those quote-unquote celebrities are almost equally as famous, but just amongst different demographics. Like, talk to a Zoomer today. They probably barely fucking know who Brad Pitt is, but there's some TikTok star who was like the biggest deal ever to that person. Yeah. It's different, whereas in the 90s, there was very much a sort of monopolization of celebrity. You know, 90s and before, right? There was concentration of celebrity in, I think, music and film and television, whereas now it's way more diffuse. It it comes from everywhere. Yeah, and I think also, I was going to say, like, Alia Shawkat is so A-list and so, like, famous to people who like her things. Like, I've seen her in a million fucking things, so obviously I'm like, I think she's so cool. I'm always just like, you're cool. Like, everything you do is cool. But, like, there's probably a ton of people who don't even know who the fuck she is. Uh, the beginning of this segment, when you were like, is there going to be enough Aaliyah Shawkat stories to keep this segment going? Contrast that with Brad Pitt. Think of how much ink has been spilled on his life. Right. How many you know, covers of people has he been on? Probably hundreds. If you want to define the strata by that, there is a fucking huge gulf between a Aaliyah Shawkat and a Brad Pitt. Um, But where I'd push back is that I don't necessarily think that celebrities, especially nowadays, are necessarily going to date other celebrities in their particular strata. Maybe that was more common back in the day because when you look at relationships, celebrity relationships back in the 80s and 90s, and this could just be, you know, nostalgia and like selective memory at play, um, but it feels like a lot like A list would align with A list, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I'm thinking Colin Jost and Scarlett Johansson. That's arguably a mismatch. I mean, I know Colin Jost is on uh, SNL, but most people don't know his name. Like his curating, um, his his name on in terms of is it a household name? I don't think it is. Um, no, my parents don't know who he is. Um, but Scarlett Johansson, she's a household name. Yeah, I think we should also have a segment called "Let's Not Get Too Deep Into This" and then talk about the same thing for five fucking minutes. <laughs> That's my new favorite segment. <laughs> we do it all the time. We're like, I don't want to get too deep into this, but then we have like a full ass conversation. <laughs> but some of these topics could be like full ass episodes. Oh, I like would write a dissertation on what an A-list celebrity means if I knew what a dissertation was. But <laughs> but unfortunately, I don't have the time nor the patience. Um, we'll get into it one day. It really does deserve its own podcast. Speaking of um, segments <laughs> and new ones, this is like not a new... I don't know. This is... The line is blurred on if this is a new segment or not. Um, Armin made up a new segment called Hollywood Holly Shook History, which to me is kind of redundant because 
Holly Shook in of itself is history. <laughs> well, right. If you helped me produce these podcasts. <laughs> um, I have famously sent one text before <laughs> saying, if you need help, let me know. And then the one time you asked me to help, I was really busy. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's more fun when you produce them because then I just can like be in shock of what you actually produce. <laughs> what I put down. <laughs> Okay, so this new segment is called Holly Shook History. Once again, kind of says it without saying it. Um, this is a new segment where, or this is a segment where a new celebrity celebrity story follows up on one of our Holly Shook History episodes. Definitely have done this before. <laughs> like, many a times. We just never named it. <laughs> That's why it's a new segment. We talked about something before that was a follow-up of one of our previous episodes. But did we ever segmentize it did we ever you know officialize it no i guess not and i i guess i'm i I, i'm now realizing that's what this was missing Mm -hmm. was just segmentizing everything that we talked about everything is segmentized so thank god um (laughs) i i finally know how to address what i'm about to talk about and it's holly shook history um, so, as you guys know, one of the best episodes of Holly Shook of all time was when I sang the entire Dixie Chicks discography live, <laughs> and I still I, can't believe we did that. By the way, <laughs> I I feel like no, I'm not. I don't know. I'm like being on podcasts is weird because like I'm so embarrassed by everything I say ever. So like, let alone what we said. I mean, what two years ago almost. Yeah, who knows when that episode came out? That's a long time ago. I absolutely forbid anyone to go back and listen to these. <laughs> Just kidding. But um, so the Dixie Chicks, obviously, iconic. Um, reason I'm gay. Um, still just banger after banger. Their new music that they're releasing right now is really fucking good. If you guys haven't heard it yet, they have released um, a few songs over the past few months, and they're really good. And they, in the wake of all the current movements, specifically Black Lives Matter movement, and a lot of people are now changing names of their bands. Um, Episodes of their television shows are being taken off off of Netflix and Hulu and the archives. Um, A lot of if you guys saw like the Simpsons, I didn't know that Cleveland Brown was voiced by a white guy. Like things like that are changing. And the Dixie Chicks have dropped Dixie from their name. So they are now just the Chicks. Um, Their reason, uh, the New York Post reported that amid calls for the removal of Confederate symbols and nostalgia, the notoriously liberal country music trio, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks, have decided that Dixie had to die. Um, Dixie is tied to Confederate history, I guess. A word that has been used to describe the Confederate states. Right. So they dropped it from their name. They're just the Chicks. I am all for this. I'm glad that people are making changes to stop normalizing old racist messages, I guess. I don't know. I like have, I've been like back and forth on it. Cause like a lot of people are, 
are saying, not specifically with the Dixie Chicks, but like Lady Antebellum, they dropped theirs. They're just Lady A now, which they kind of always was that. That was always their nickname anyway. Um, with the voice actors, a lot of like non-people of color are going to stop voicing characters of color, which I'm shocked it took this long for that to happen. But I don't know. A lot of people are like, okay, well, they're doing these little things to convince people that bigger change is happening. I don't know. What's your opinion? That's my fear that uh, people get so subsumed um, by these changes. They're not what the movement is calling for at all. And so as long as people understand that this is all while important in its own right, it's still ancillary to really what Black Lives Matter is calling for, right? So I think that's that's my take on it um, because, you know, I think while some people um, do these things, I think from uh, a place of good intentions, I think the Dixie Chicks aren't trying to pull some insidious shit here. No, not at all. But I think when Hulu starts to remove episodes um, of the Golden Girls and Netflix starts to censor some of their content and they're saying they're doing it in the spirit of the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, I think a part of their motivation is that they don't want to see the movement actually achieve what they're setting out to achieve. They're hoping, okay, could this suppress it? Could this make people pacified, right? Yeah. And as long as people aren't pacified by this and don't take this um, as the end-all, be-all, as uh, the movement having accomplished what it set out to do as having, you know, having its terms be met. Um, as long as that doesn't happen, then, I mean, these are all, these are all good, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, just don't make it the thing. This is not what Black Lives Matter is about. Um, but yes, still important, um, I think, to not deify, to not sort of se- celebrate and exceptionalize monuments to racism or racists themselves. Right, like, nobody was like, okay, well, if the Dixie Chicks just changed their name, then, like, police brutality would go away. Like, that's not what anyone asked for, but... No, and there are very specific asks. Yeah. Defund the police, redirect funding uh, to healthcare services, to education, um, to a lot more. And if those can be met, and the Dixie Chicks change their name, it's all good. One would even argue if those could be met and the Dixie Chicks didn't change their name, we'd be happy. Right. Um... (laughs) But I uh, one yeah, could I argue. We could argue. We, you could, it's an argument. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it's that's craziness. I mean, the Dixie Chicks, the Chicks, the Chicks, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks, are truly an iconic part of um, music music history. So it's kind of crazy that they um, did that. But I'm and political history, they have their own mark in political history as well. Right. So good for them. And once again, if you guys like their type of music, or even if you don't, their new music is really good and you guys should listen to it. Speaking of music. I love our segues. Oh my God. Okay. This isn't a story. It's just kind of a moment that I wanted to touch on. Um, there's been some speculation um, on the Billie Eilish Instagram drama. I am not 
exactly Billie Eilish's number one fan. Not, I actually think she's really cool and I like her. I just I've never got into her music, so I don't follow her on Instagram. But apparently she posted on her Instagram, they, on her Instagram story, a post that said, if I am following your abuser, DM me and I will unfollow you. I support you. She originally unfollowed like four male celebrities, one of whom was Justin Bieber after Justin Bieber had um, allegations of sexual assault um, against him on uh, Twitter that ended up kind of being disproved, I think. Um, But she unfollowed Justin Bieber. That was a big deal. And then she unfollowed every single person on Instagram that she followed. So she doesn't follow a single person on Instagram anymore. And people freaked out for God knows what reason. Who fucking cares? She's 12 years old. Um, (laughs) But it was was an interesting move because she posted that thing about I'll unfollow your abuser. She eventually deleted that post. And then next Mm. thing you know, she had unfollowed every single person on Instagram that she was previously following. And people are speculating and coming up with theories of which I do not know, but I thought it was kind of interesting. Right. Quick tangent. Could you imagine at the age of 18 receiving as much scrutiny as a Billie Eilish or other celebrity uh, teenagers do? No, this poor fucking girl. I mean, she just goes through it on the daily and... I mean, she's killing it, and she's amazing. But it must be so hard. I'm like, the fact that... And I'm, I'm you know, propagating it. Is that the right word? I don't know. But It I, is the right word, actually. In that context. Unless you meant something else. Well, I am propagating it by talking about it on this podcast. But um, it sucks. Like, every little thing she does has to be talked about. And I don't know. I'm... I'm talking about her in a positive way because I think she's awesome. But it must be fucking obnoxious that she unfollows everyone on Instagram and it's like a story. I think there's an angle to the story that would be explosive. But I don't necessarily think it's the truth of the story. Which is that every single person she followed was, was someone who was outed in the DMs. Right. right. That is that is the explosive, salacious story, uh, if it were to be true. I think what probably happened is that enough of her, the people she was following were out in the, in the DMs, but she didn't yeah. want to single those people out, I guess. Or I hate to speculate, again, because people could look at that as a cowardly act or look at that and have some sort of crit- criticism and say, well, why are you protecting those people, right? Again... We're doing pure speculation here. Um, we're propagating uh, what we were just criticizing, which is the high <laughs> level of scrutiny of, you know, uh, young people uh, who have fame. But um, this is a celebrity podcast, right? So we take the good with the bad. Um, what we're here to do. That's just what we're here to do. So it makes it okay. Um, I think there are limitless possibilities. Um, like I said, one of which... Uh, could be the most explosive version of that story, or uh, like you even outlined, right? She initially unfollowed four people, then followed the rest. Maybe, she, again, she didn't want to single anyone out, or she just didn't want people to know her process, 
So she's like, I'm, I'm going to unfollow everybody. And I don't see her ever explaining, and she doesn't have to explain, which is the funny part. Right. <laughs> we'll probably never know what her thought process was, but... Uh, but that's sort of her brand, right? I mean, I don't know yeah. much about Billie Eilish, to be honest. It's very her brand. Yeah, I, I do know she's sort of like this mysterious, mercurial character. Yeah. And her whole thing is like, why is the fuck is everyone so obsessed with scrutinizing me? I'm literally a newborn baby. <laughs> like, she like says it all the time. And I'm like, good for you, girl. I'm going to continue talking about you on my podcast. My sense of Billie Eilish, and again, I really don't know that much about her. But um, again, I invented this whole story about Michael Gallagher. So here I am. Right. I feel like she's also shrewd enough to know that a big part of her fame and a, and a big part of um, what has built this intrigue about her is the scrutiny. Is the fact that yeah. she, she, she in, in a way, welcomes scrutiny. She may not like it all the time, but, but that's a part of what I think builds fame for almost every celebrity is scrutiny. You, you rarely have a celebrity that has built their celebrity purely off of adoration. Right. No, I know. And I and she she doesn't says things that she knows will get a reaction, not like necessarily untrue things. But she already knows she's so famous that pretty much anything she does will be scrutinized. So she might as well lean into it and use it to her advantage, which I think she does, which is awesome. Do you have any takes uh, on this Instagram scandal? No, I literally like Taylor Swift's done it before and like people do it all the time. So I think it's like insane that it's such a big deal, but um, the bitch has 64 million followers on Instagram, which is awesome. And I'd be like, I don't need to follow any of y'all. Well, we got one, one more story uh, here today. It's not a segmentized story. Right. Um, It's just in our celebrity news rundown, which I guess is a segment. Um, Yeah. It's not as hyper specific as the uh, shall clarify that. Right. Um, but you know we're here now, so let's uh, let's run down this celebrity news. Russell Crowe's kids prefer Uber Eats to Russell Crowe. Did you hear about this, Ray? I didn't, but I fully relate to this already. <laughs> Do you prefer Uber Eats to Russell Crowe? I definitely prefer prefer food being delivered to my door than most people. So <laughs> Russell Crowe included. Well, apparently, Russell Crowe's kids decided that uh, they wanted to go into quarantine away from Russell Crowe himself, uh, purely because quarantining away from Russell Crowe would give them access to takeout. So uh, he has two kids, um, Charles and Tenny Son, uh, or at least here it says he has two Sydney-based sons. So he could have um, other sons that are based elsewhere. So I'll clarify that. He, he asks his two Sydney-based sons, this is according to page six, Charles and Tenny's son, um, if uh, they wanted to go to the uh, Australian outback with him, um, he thought it was a great idea because he's like, we got wide open spaces. He said, quote, but they were like, no, no, dad. We've made the decision that in a pandemic, we're going to isolate in the most populous part of the country, surrounded by the areas that have the most infections, end quote. I love how pedantic these kids are. They got really hyper-specific and accurate about what they wanted to do, mm-hmm. and that was isolate in the most populous part of the country surrounded by the areas that have the most infections. So that was Crow recounting that. Uh, Crow go- would go on to say, quote, 
And I'm like, guys, can I ask why? And my youngest son, my youngest one, who was just too honest, said Uber Eats. End quote. So, Rai, I wanted to ask you, Uber Eats or the Australian Outback with Russell Crowe? I'm going to meet you halfway, and I'm going to say Uber Eats Outback Steakhouse to my door. Is, is that really halfway, though? Because I feel like the, the, the best part of the Outback isn't the steaks necessarily, but it's being Outback. It's, it's having that wilderness, you know? Yeah, and I don't even eat steak, so I don't know what I'd order from there, but I think I would... You know what? No. You know what? No. I'm choosing the Outback because in the three months and counting of quarantine, I only got food delivered maybe four times, all of which were when I was hungover from getting wasted on my couch on a Tuesday. And the next day, not wanting to make food. But I was like fucking, you know, Emerald up in here, bamming, booming, and cooking up a storm in my kitchen. So you could you could the, use some outdoor time. I'll take the wilderness. Yeah, I'll take the fucking wilderness over delivering food. If you delivered food all quarantine, you're a lazy piece of shit. Well, Just Charles like, and Tenny's son were like, you know, fuck you, dad. I want Uber Eats. I mean, look, I when you when you need Uber Eats, I can't imagine not having Uber Eats. But to choose that over having wilderness and nature, I just can't get behind. And Russell Crowe, I mean, he could do monologues from Gladiator for you. He could terribly sing live in Les Mis. That's a treat. That would be my nightmare. I hated that movie. <laughs> Well, um, I, I'd have to say I'd, I'd probably I'd pick the Outback with Russell Crowe. You know, you have the Outback. You could pick his brain a little bit um, about acting, about Les Mis, about Gladiator, um, about that phone incident from years back. Um, that's going to be a scandal pod one day, right? Right. We're going to have to cover that one. Um, and so that, that firsthand account could really help my research for the podcast. So I think I'd go there. That's what I would do. I think, um, you know, next time on the second wave of this thing, maybe we call him up and we ask if we can be his sons. We we could be his Chicago-based and his Los Angeles-based sons. I call Tennyson as my name. I call Charles, if you'll have me. You can take it. <laughs> well, right. I think we covered it. Covered. I think we propagated it, if I do say so myself. <laughs> we propagated it. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, We're so happy to be back. If you guys remember four hours ago when we started this podcast that we talked about our Patreon and you want to support us and you want to have a say in where we donate a portion of the proceeds, you can go log on to patreon.com backslash hollyshook and sign up. And we would appreciate all your support. We appreciate even just the support of you listening means the world to us. So thank you for stopping by. See you later.